Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. Today's speaker is Dr. Bo Bruce. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. When you hear false prophet, what do you think of? You think of televangelists fleecing their listeners, the leaders of churches who fly around in private jets and drive their royals royces around, those that lead cults. I'm pretty sure if you do, those all fit the definition. But I'm here to tell you that I think Satan is far more cunning than that. And I think we're in a pretty dangerous time and place in the history of the world. As Christians, now is a time that we need to be on high alert. Humankind has sought the truth since the Garden of Eden. Indeed, the devil convinced Adam and Eve to fall with a double-edged sword based on the seeking of that truth. First, he told them that God was lying to them. You will not surely die, the devil told them. And second, the devil promised them the knowledge, that is the truth, of good and evil. They bit. Life was simple back then, but in the intervening millennia, it's gotten quite a bit more complicated. The fall didn't just break humankind, it broke creation. And now some of the chaos that God had reigned in during the creation was back. There were storms, earthquakes, wild beasts, floods, and so much more to deal with. And that was just the natural stuff. Humankind didn't make it any better. There was murder, theft, adultery, wars, shall I go on? But humankind sought after the truth, nevertheless. People developed remarkable scientific capabilities, figuring out the cycles of the natural world, predicting solstices and eclipses. They built wonders like the pyramids that even today we still don't fully know the details of how they possibly constructed them. They discovered mathematics and learned about irrational numbers like the square root of two and transcendental ones like pi. They also developed remarkable religious insights. Human beings have always realized there's more to this universe than what a completely empirical approach can uncover. Human peoples developed religions and nearly all shared notable similarities despite their development in different parts of the world and at various times in history. And there was one small, relatively small, and sort of peculiar group, the Hebrews and later the Jews who claimed to be chosen by God. And that despite their ups and downs, they generally remained faithful to God, and ever more importantly, God remained faithful to them. Scientists studied the hows, and philosophers studied the whys of our universe, and they made incredible progress. And yet, there is still considerable debate and confusion in our world. Into that world, truth was born in a little town called Bethlehem. Truth was raised in Nazareth. Truth walked the earth and spoke. Truth died a shameful death on the cross. Truth was resurrection, resurrected. And something amazing happened. That truth, despite the fact that it turned all human reason on its head, spread, spread like wildfire. It conquered the known world. It conquered barbarians. It ultimately produced everything, or at least heavily influenced everything that we valued at one time art, architecture, society, literature, government, equity among humans of whatever race, sex, or social status. Of course, it wasn't magic. 
We've talked about that more than once. And as humans, we love to get in the way of its perfect application. Indeed, one aspect that's so worrying to me is that some of the greatest benefactors of Christianity in today's world are the very people who are its most vehement enemies. And yet, who can blame them? Christendom has become a nation of warring factions, a Tower of Babel, shall we say, that has largely lost sight of what it really means to be a Christian. Even within our own Orthodox Church, there are factions arguing with each other. And yet, Lord have mercy, they are victims of the same false prophets that all of us fall victim to from time to time and to some extent in our society. The good news is the church, the authentic church, is still a true prophet. And yet there are more seductive false prophets than ever before. The biggest danger is that very concept, is that the very concept of truth has been questioned. It's as though Pontius Pilate's question, what is truth, is the motto of our postmodern age. Postmodernism is an enemy of the church, and it's therefore an enemy of humankind, for the church, like her bridegroom, is a lover of mankind. Postmodernism penetrates my thinking and your thinking more than we can even begin to realize, because we don't have a choice about what culture we live in. So we need to be paying careful attention, my dearest brothers and sisters. We're steeped in a society and it quickly becomes ordinary. We begin to think what we see out there is reality, that it's the truth. I'm here to tell you that it isn't. What's real is Jesus Christ and his church. Postmodernism is the most selfish and prideful, broad expression of human thinking and being that we in our existence have ever seen. And yet it speaks with honey on its dangerous lips. It claims to be pluralistic. It claims to be open to the ideas of others, for example, but anyone who has ideas that don't fit its philosophy are quickly marginalized, or in the parlance of the day, canceled. So much for accepting plurality. Thus, we have to be extra cautious. In 2005, Stephen Colbert, in his premier episode of The Colbert Report, chose truthiness for his segment called The Word. There was a little slash through the oath. As Wikipedia says, truthiness is the belief or assertion that a particular statement is true based on the intuition or perceptions of some individual or individuals without regard to evidence, logic, intellectual examination, or facts. Truthiness can range from ignorant assertions of falsehoods to deliberate duplicity or propaganda intended to sway opinions. False prophets are truthy, and that's the danger. It looks like truth, but it isn't exactly. It sounds like the word, but there's that little slash through the other. Strange to say, I think Stephen Colbert may have been a true prophet. Kellyanne Conway, a presidential advisor, and trust me, this is to transcend politics, coined the phrase alternative facts. To which, thanks be to God, Chuck Todd replied on the spot, look, alternative facts are not facts. There are falsehoods. Exactly. There's only one truth, but that is not what the postmodern world believes. Truth is what you make of it. As Wikipedia says, common targets of postmodernism include universalist ideas of objective reality, morality, truth, human nature, reason, science, language, and social progress. We're clearly square in their target. 
We are living in a world that rejects the universal view of truth that this church holds. Now pause and let that sink in for a minute. We're living in a world that rejects a universal view of truth. The pandemic has brought this to the forefront. So let's take science for a moment. In the old days when you doubted science, you tended to just come at it from an alternative angle, maybe from a religious angle. But these days what we see happening is that those targeting the truth are acting as though they're scientists, touting poorly done studies or well done studies that aren't considered to be strong evidence in isolation. They claim that they hold some alternative facts when instead they're largely distorting the body of scientific evidence, picking and choosing what suits their purposes and holding it up as an answer in and of itself. Much like someone taking a verse of the Bible out of context to the exclusion of the rest of it. If you think that's bad, artificial intelligence is now allowing us to create our alternative facts. I hope you watched the rather convincing speech of Richard Nixon about the failed lunar landing that he never gave. Of course, uh, the producers of that were quite honest that their video wasn't real. But my news feeds are flooded with articles to read about deep fakes and the increasing sophistication of systems to generate convincing texts, paragraphs, and videos. And if you think uh, fake, lost biblical scriptures or photographs from fake archaeological sites are far behind, you're not sufficiently on guard. Given there are already cults and entire religious faiths founded on provably, provably false scriptures, there are sure to be some on these new scriptures. And there will even be some who will tout the fact that they have a God-inspired machine telling them what to do. Mark my words. So what are we to do? Well, of course, false prophets have existed throughout time. Let's go back to the garden and the serpent. Even if they're increasingly refining their techniques, we need to simply remember that the church is a true prophet. We know her truth has survived all sorts of cultural shifts, fads, and attacks for thousands of years. St. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy, Timothy that the household of God, which is the church of the living God, is a pillar and buttress of the truth. Jesus says that we can know the prophets by their fruit. And look at the church's fruits, her growth throughout the world. She converted Jew and Greek. The knees of countless world powers have bowed to Jesus, and more will follow. And despite the whims of humankind throughout thousands of years, the church has remained faithful to her faith. Times have tested her religious and moral principles, and, in, and although it seems each aspect of the faith has been called into question by some fleeting movement, the church has time and time again proved that its principles are an unshakable foundation, the buttress, the pillar of the truth. A few weeks ago during Bible study, we talked about apocryphal writings. For example, the Proto-Evangelium of James, which is also called the Gospel of James. And that's because it named St. Joachim and Anna as the parents of the Virgin Mary. Now, some say these are the records that gave us those names. But as the church, we rather understand that that, that was already known by the church that that was part of the church oral tradition. And some other few, few details about their lives were known as part of that tradition. And that instead it was the authors of these texts that wove those into a more elaborate tale. Again, false prophets are very truthy. 
These books were not something that, though, that each individual applied their own personal approach to figuring out their truth or falsity, although if you read them, it's pretty quickly apparent. Instead, the collective church rejected these writings, and this leads me to the first principle I want to highlight. It is the household of God, St. Paul says, that's the foundation of the truth. It isn't just the mom or the dad or even the children in the household that make this decision. It's a collective decision, a decision guided by the head of the body, Jesus Christ, and infused with the life-giving Holy Spirit in the people of the church. We need to judge who is talking by their fruits, and we need to have a long view. First and foremost, we need to trust our hierarchs. Sometimes we may not agree with what they say, but especially when they're acting collectively, we need to trust that they know what they're doing. That said, we have a responsibility to be discerning. When the Arian heresy arose, it seemed like it was St. Athanasius alone that kept the entire church from falling into heresy. We see in the Bible that time and again, the fate of Israel essentially seemed to rest in the hands of one person. And thanks be to God, we see in the Bible that person was pretty often a sinner, just like you and me. Rahab the harlot, David the adulterer and murderer, just to name a couple. However, we must be very, very careful to think we are somehow that one person, especially in cases like that of Athanasius, where it isn't us against the world, but us against the church. Because I'm sorry to say, we're probably not lucky enough to be that person. So if we ever find ourselves in that faithful position of standing apart from the rest of the church, I think it'd be wise for us to carefully consider our position in the light of thousands of years of collective wisdom and knowledge to shine the light of the Holy Spirit on every corner of it, to be sure there isn't a little darkness we miss that turns truth into truthy. The key, of course, to all this is that we live in constant, close communication and communion with each other in the church. We need to place the church at the center of our life. We need to make its calendar our calendar, its priorities our priorities, its truth the truth, our truth. Finally, as we know, all churches are called to make disciples. Especially here at the Advent as a mission church, we have a special charism to do so. So the second and last principle I want to talk about is that if we want to be relevant to the world, we simply need to offer the truth to those around us. There's no need to change it, water it down, make it more palatable, because nothing has changed from the Garden of Eden. People are still seeking the truth. And if we're living that truth, the truth of the gospel, that is the good news, that yes, indeed, God loves you so much that he pursued you, even though it meant dying for you. If we offer that, we live that, then we will be known by our fruits, and hearts and minds will be changed for the better. The truth will overcome the truthy. And as St. Paul says in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, we will be edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, 
may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, to you and me, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Jesus Christ and his whole body, the church, is the true prophet a pillar and buttress of the truth. Follow Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.